Hey dragons, welcome to another episode, I believe episode 40 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Super excited to reach this milestone. Uh, today's episode is with uh, independent filmmaker and content creator Luke Ostermiller out of Denver, Colorado. Really fun conversation with him about everything that he and DNO Studios are up to. Again, you guys know you can find all the contact for the people on the podcast on the show notes as well as any resources that are mentioned. Also, very important, um, if you guys are like me, you love nerding out, you love nerdy events, uh, our friend Elle, who's been on the podcast, she was one of my first friends when I moved out here to LA. Amazing, amazing woman. Uh, with an amazing app called the Nerd Out app. Um, it's essentially a nerdy event calendar. Uh, she's in the process of a Kickstarter to relaunch the, uh, essentially the version 2.0 of the app. Really cool stuff. I've already supported it. I hope I can get all of you to support it as well. So go ahead, head over to the show notes, click through to L's Kickstarter, Donate what you can for the Nerd Out app 2.0, and hopefully we'll see you at some of those events. Other than that, enjoy the show. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D. Welcome again, dragons, to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. I am your host, Kenny Rotter, and today I am joined by film director Luke Ostermiller. Yep. Hello. Hello. Excellent. I'm, I we we had to do that again because I screwed up the last name on the previous take, but here we are. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Good. And how are you? Excellent. I am. I'm good, man. It was a beautiful Saturday today. Turned off the AC and just had all the windows open. Nice, nice. I've actually uh, been inside pretty much the whole day, but... Working? Yeah, doing uh, some editing on a music video. So oh. that's been fun, yeah. Awesome. That sounds very cool. Um, yeah. So you, I, I don't know much about you, and I don't know if anyone else out there listening knows a whole lot about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, um, I am 21 years old and I live in Denver, Colorado. Um, I do directing. Uh, I do cinematography, editing, visual effects. Uh, I've done some producing before. Uh, and I do, you know, a little bit of graphic design as well. Um, I actually own my own product. Well, I own with a couple of my friends a production company called DNO Studios. Uh, and then also under there, uh, my original production company, which I started uh, about a year ago from right now, it was last October, um, is called Lost Films. And when we merged, uh, my company, my original company, Lost Films, merged with DNO Studios. Uh, so we actually okay. still have that name. But it's not, and I know a lot of people might get confused by that because it's 
you know, people are like, is it Lost Films or DNO Studios? But Lost Visions is essentially a division of DNO Studios now that we call ourselves when we do uh, like original content as opposed to, say, going out and shooting something for a commercial for a local business or what have you. Oh, that's interesting. Excellent. So you, you are fairly young from the people that I've met in the industry. How did you get started? How did you figure out that this is what you wanted to do? Um, it's kind of a long story. When I was actually, you know, I've, well, I've always been interested in like movies and stuff and always had just been fascinated by them. And around the time when I was like 12 or 13, I got, um, I wanted to buy like a little flip video camera and start making YouTube videos. Uh, and so that's what I did just like kind of with friends for fun at first. And I just realized that I was, you know, really enjoying doing it and got pretty good at it over, you know, the years. And so finally just decided to stick with that. And I have never stopped making videos since. Uh, and then I actually went to a career technical school, uh, half of my 11th and 12th grade years of high school, uh, for film and TV production. So, um, and then I was I was planning on going to the Colorado Film School. I went for one semester, but then I ended up dropping out to start my own production company. And that's where I am today. That's awesome. And I just want to say that for anyone out there listening uh, who wants to start making films, I think you are a perfect example of someone who just wanted to make films. So you went out and you did it. And I'm sure your first one was done on, like you said, that little flip video camera. And I'm sure that you've done stuff with bigger budgets since then. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, starting out, I didn't know anything about editing or lighting or just, like, went out and shot whatever was in front of the screen, you know. And, like, from there, you just kind of every single time that you make another video, you pick out, okay, what can I improve and so on and so forth. So it's really... I honestly think it's the best way to learn is to just make something instead of focusing on like, Oh, I have to wait till I have this, this equipment or like this cast or whatever, like just go out and make something and then try to improve every single time and just never quit. Just keep making more and more content. Oh yes. And I, I had a buddy in college who said that he wanted to make films. And I say that he said he wanted to make films because Everybody around him was fully supportive and was, was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's put together, like, we'll bring our own clothes and we'll, like, you have, we all, we all lived in a dorm. And so it was like, you have your cast right there, right? Yeah. And he was always saying, oh, you know, I don't have time. I'm too busy. But then there were times where we'd walk in and he's having like a three, four hour video game session. And I'm like do you really want to make movies? Because it's not a time issue right now. Yeah. No, it's, you just got to put in the time and, and keep at it. Really. That's the, the main thing. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's for anyone out there who's heard me tell this story a million times. Like I, I tried to launch this podcast two and a half years ago and I just kept creating obstacles for myself and I just kept getting in my own way until finally I was like, no, it's time to do it. So if I want to be a podcaster, I need to release podcasts. So if you want to be a filmmaker, go make film. 
Yeah, exactly. And even um, a lot of the really big YouTube channels today, if you look at their earlier stuff, like go back to the very beginning, you know, a lot of them start out the exact same way. And it's kind of surprising to see how far people have gotten. But that's really, I mean, that's just how you have to do it, I think. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly what you said. You start doing it one way. And then with your next film, you make it a little bit better. Then you make it a little bit better. Then you make it a little bit better. You know? And you just, you just constant improvement. Yeah. And it's good just to get kind of the basics down anyway, before you try to do anything super complicated and, you know, with the budget and everything. Oh God, I'm sure. And also that's probably a lot more economical is to, yeah, waste a couple bat, you know, waste a couple hours of footage on your cell phone camera before you go rent heavy duty equipment from, you know, your local whoever yeah oh yeah definitely yeah so tell me what you guys have going on at dno studios and lost films uh so right now we are in post-production on a short film called turnaround uh, and that is a short film that we shot uh back in the summer at the end of june uh, and we've just been editing it since then and it's uh pretty much done all we're waiting on is uh you know just touching up a few minor sound design things but other than that it's fully completed uh and it's a it's a horror film about a couple that goes uh that's on their way to a camping trip and essentially the girl goes missing and um from there i don't want to give too much away because uh the less you know about it before you go into it uh, i feel like the better impact it will have okay uh, you said it's a, uh, it's a short film. What uh, what's its runtime? It's about right now about fifteen minutes. Okay, excellent. And are you going to be releasing it online? And people going to be able to stream it, or are you going to be focused more on like the film festival aspect of it first? Yeah. So the first thing we want to do is put it in you know a few film festivals, and then we will eventually release it online for sure. Um, we want to try to get some recognition from different festivals before we put it online. Because uh, I think a lot of film festivals, you know, have rules where, like, they won't – you won't be able to, you know, have your film at, in a certain category or, you know, whatever if it has been released previously and stuff like that online. No. Uh, so, weird rules like that, yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the things I've – taken on in this podcast is I interview a lot of independent filmmakers. I'm a big supporter of indie film. Yeah. And so a lot, the common theme that I hear from a lot of people is yes, there's a lot of new avenues to get your film out there, but if you really want to get this recognition and be, be accepted to and invited to film festivals, a lot of them have rules where you can't put it online. It can't have been distributed. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's a little bit annoying because I do want, you know, a lot of people that are waiting for it to see it and, you know, having it at a film festival is kind of hard. Obviously we'll show the cast and, and crew and stuff like that. But, um, and you know, if I have friends that want to see it, I could probably, you know, just send them a copy or something, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it is kind of annoying that they there is a lot of rules with film festivals for that kind of stuff. 
And I know, I know how people have gotten me screeners of stuff is normally it's just like they'll upload it to Vimeo, but on private and it'll be password protected. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if that meets the rules of a lot of film festivals, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just the podcaster. Yeah. Well, I usually, there's, um, there's this thing called film freeway and you, um, it's like a, it's a directory of film festivals and you can pay them through there, like the entry fees and everything. And, uh, you essentially like upload your film there. So it's kind of like a private server so they can always get a screener no matter what. And that's pretty much always what I use. Cause I know you can like, uh, go in and mail it by hand or, you know, do the Vimeo thing if you do it through like their website, but, uh, yeah. film freeway. If uh, anyone out there doesn't know about it, you should check it out because it's uh, really useful. All right. I, I, I will definitely include links to that in the show notes when uh, when this goes live. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a great thing. And also, uh, Without a Box is another one that's really similar. Um, and that one is part of – I think it's owned by IMDb. Okay. Yeah. But they're both essentially the same thing. It's sort of like a directory and – overall just tool to submit to film festivals and they usually have like you can include uh, press kits and things like that all hosted through them on your account okay and, yeah so any festival that wants a screener or anything like that you can just give them all that in one place if that makes sense that does make sense i want to talk to you though about one of you you did a piece of work on one of my favorite childhood memories um scooby-doo and was it the doggy style adventures yep that's it <laughs> um <laughs> so that um it's actually there's a really funny story behind that me and uh my friend who wrote all of those uh episodes it's like a it's a little web series um and my friend who wrote it and came up with the original concept, um, it was just pretty much us joking around about um, why does Fred always go with the girls in the cartoon and Shaggy and Scooby always go together. And so he had this idea to do like a short film, uh, which is essentially the first episode, okay. which uh, same exact thing happens. Like Fred is like uh, – oh, uh, I'll go this way with the two girls. You go that way with the dog. And then Shaggy's like, you know what, Fred, you're a dick. And then that essentially <laughs> that uh, and that essentially was uh, the first the first one that we made. And then from there, like the cast and everything, we all got along really well. And we thought it was a super funny concept that you could work in other scenarios, you know. Uh, and so we all just said, hey, if uh, if Brandon wants to write more, we'd all be down to to shoot more of them. And so from there, it just turned into like an eight episode series. Where can people find it? Uh, they can find it by, we actually have a website. I think it's, I want to make sure I'm giving you the real website here. Uh, hold on. Right. Well. <laughs> <For> obvious, <laughs> obvious reasons. Uh, doggystyleadventures.com. And that's D-O-G-G-I-E-S-T-Y-L-E. A-D-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. Well, again, all links will be in the show notes, so if people want to go watch some of that, uh, I highly encourage it. Um, have you gotten a lot of good feedback on that? Uh, yeah, it hasn't really gone beyond like local, uh, the community here in Denver. 
uh, just, you know, the actors that were in it and stuff. Cause, um, there's some, it was just mainly for YouTube and we have a lot of copyrighted music in there that we're not really technically allowed to use. <laughs> I will remember that. Okay. So everyone go watch it, but, uh, don't file any complaints and don't let it go too popular. Yeah. And it was made, uh, when I was still in high school. So like I didn't really have you know i wasn't really doing it at a professional level back then uh which is why i care about the the complaints or the copyright oh that makes sense so what we're we're here at dumbbells and dragons we are a nerd podcast you know nerd and fitness culture what what do you nerd out on what is your favorite nerd Honestly, like I'm a huge, the only thing that I'm like super, super into is like, and I, I, I don't know if it's considered like a nerd thing, uh, really or not, but, uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, Breaking Bad so, is so good. I know. I'm just, I'm like obsessed with it and, uh, I could talk about it for hours. We could, we could definitely make this, turn this podcast from about you to about Walter White. Um, but we're not going to do that. Um, really a good idea. What I will say, though, is I think I use the term nerd to say anything anybody is extremely passionate about. So if you want to nerd out on Breaking Bad, you you nerd out on Breaking Bad, man. You own it. I do. I do. I've seen like every episode multiple times and I probably will keep watching it over and over and over until the day I die. (laughs) It is it is probably the closest thing I can think of to television cinematic perfection. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I find, too, like, when you rewatch it, uh, almost every time that you rewatch it, you can find something new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so deep. Um, do you have a favorite episode? Um, I would say my favorite episode is season four, episode ten. Right. Uh, you got to tell uh, me what happens in that one, man. Yeah, um... So that is the one where um, Walt is about to get the uh, spoiler alert for anyone, obviously, who hasn't seen it. But Walt to uh, get the the guy from Saul Goodman who can make them disappear. And then he finds out that Skyler uh, actually gave all their money to Ted and Walter goes home and there's this huge like – uh, scene at the end there where he's in the in the crawl space and looking for the money and he can't find it and then Skyler comes home and it's just like that scene alone is just so intense and it's like Breaking Bad has a weird way of making every little thing seem like super intense you know even if it's just like a dialogue scene or you know whatever um, but that particular scene there's just so much at stake uh, and then it kind of just all boils over like right there and Walt just is on the ground just laughing maniacally at the end of the episode. It just feels so haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Vince Gilligan is absolutely incredible. Um, I love pretty much everything he does. Yeah. No, he's great. Have you uh, watched Better Call Saul? I have. I have. Uh, And show too. I'm, I'm a lawyer by day. Really? Yes. So... Uh, that show, like, it's, it's, it's very interesting to watch it from a, um, lawyer, lawyer point of view. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> but, uh, I'm really excited for when it comes back because of the season two cliffhanger. Oh, I know. 
I would seriously like I would pay a lot of money to just like be able to watch them in like if they could time travel and bring them back. It's just I get so into it. I just I can't wait. Oh yeah. Um I'm I am kind of curious to see um if there is any Walter White cameo or a Jesse Pinkman cameo. Um yeah. and super interesting if there was. Yeah, and there's so many ways they could do it too, and you don't really know what they would go with. Probably something no one else has thought of because they're extremely creative. Yeah, and just I'm wondering where that show's gonna end. Like, is it gonna end as Walter White walks into the office for the first time? I think that would be a pretty cool ending. That would be sweet. Yeah. Um, but then again, Vince Gilligan is probably gonna do something way beyond my comprehension. Oh yeah. Because I wonder, too, you could almost um, do stuff about what are, you know, the other clients that he had during uh, Walter White, you know, during that same time. Because I know that there's times where he mentions other clients, but you don't ever see them or anything. So, you know, there could be some interesting stuff with that as well, I bet. Well, and also how he made all these scary, dark connections. Yeah, um, I think that's a huge part of the show that I really can't wait to see what they get into. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, oh. It's, it's exciting for sure. Yeah. And what is there? Is there anything that you're into that not a lot of that some people would find surprising? Like, I like to call it a nerd guilty pleasure that you don't, you know, that maybe you're into that other people aren't into um, or would find surprising. Hmm. Um. I mean, I'm really, I'm really into a lot of, uh, like death metal and, uh, <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of crazy music like that. Well, I actually, I mean, I like a lot of types of music. I'm pretty into, uh, NWA as well. You know, it's kind of an odd combination. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I actually had a couple guys on here before that said that they're, they're, uh, thing was acapella death metal. Really? <laughs> like you'd think that, that yeah, you'd think that that'd be a little difficult to pull off, but apparently there's this band that's really good at uh, acapella death metal. Huh? <laughs> Do they have people like scream the instruments or something, or uh, is it just purely vocals? It's pure. Well, I mean, like. Is there a beat in the background that they make with? There is. Oh, huh. um, I, will, I will go back and listen to that episode and find the name of that band for you. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. I would definitely check that out. For sure. It's absolutely a trip. Now, here, here's a fun question. We were talking earlier because you're wearing a Deadpool hat. Yeah. Who is your favorite superhero? Is it Deadpool? No, um, I would have to go with Batman as my favorite superhero. Okay, why Batman? Um, purely based on the movies, because I don't really read comic books. Um, but as far as the movies, uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight series is not only my favorite superhero movie, um, but also like just one of my favorite movies in general. I go back and forth between The Dark Knight and Pulp Fiction uh, as my favorite movie ever. So, uh, and I didn't, I don't know. I just think Batman is a really interesting character. 
He's definitely one of the most flawed superheroes. Yeah, and I like I kind of like the fact that he's not um, totally good as the way that they portray a lot of other superheroes, like genuinely trying to do the good thing. Yeah, he's. I mean, there are times when he's trying to do just the least bad thing. Exactly. Yeah, and I like kind of how they put him in in a lot of situations like that. Okay. How do you feel about Batfleck? Uh, I wasn't really a fan of that movie in general. <laughs> uh, first I thought Ben Affleck was okay though as Batman. I mean, I just I thought the writing was the big problem there. Um, I would tend to agree with you, and I think a majority of the people I've spoken to um, would agree that Batman vs Superman was just lacking in a lot of different ways. I don't want to talk shit about um, you know, a movie company or a movie just because there's nothing productive there. But I did think. Um, ben Affleck was a great Batman and a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. He could, I mean, I could see him having a Batman movie, like, just with himself, which I think would be really cool. I feel like they just tried to cram way too much in there. Oh, yeah. I um, rather seen a, a uh, Zack Snyder Batman movie, like, just Batman. Um, I just would rather see Zack Snyder not make more movies. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> just me, just my personal opinion. And actually, I am, I was actually a big fan of Sucker Punch. Really? I didn't like Sucker Punch, but I really like uh, Watchmen and uh, 300. I, I like his earlier stuff a lot. Yeah, Watchmen was great. Um... 300 is incredible. 300 is a movie that I go back to and I will watch probably once or twice a year just because it's so great. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. But uh, it to, to I don't know if you've heard, but Ben Affleck is writing and directing a solo Batman movie. I did not hear about that. I know he's directing it. I'm fairly certain he's writing it as well. Yeah, I bet that could be pretty good. Ben Affleck's a, a great director. I see. I love Ben Affleck behind the camera, and I love his brother in front of the camera. His brother is incredible. Yeah, I I like. I mean, I like Ben Affleck too. I mean, he's there. I mean, it just. I guess it depends on. There's so many factors that go into it, though. Really, when you think about it, um, like bad writing and stuff like that. Oh yeah, but yeah, I. Seriously, how did the Affleck family get so talented? I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, now another fun, another fun, super awesome question. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Mine would definitely be to be invisible, uh, purely because you can totally fuck with people. <laughs> all right like, i mean i would just prank people with that you know like uh just turn invisible and you know go and make things float and just do really weird i mean you could come up with a million things there and just totally freak people out yeah and they could never find you ever they could never trace it back to you because i mean you could just go to like wherever you're 100 percent sure that you're not going to be found and then become uninvisible yeah um what do do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert um, I would say more of an introvert. Okay. Because there's a question that has been asked of people, and there's actually a study done, and it was, 
if you could choose between having the superpower of flight or invisibility, a majority of the time, extroverts will choose flight and introverts will choose invisibility. Oh, it's interesting. It's mostly because, you know, if you want to be invisible, you don't have to deal with anyone. You can kind of disappear and just go do your own thing. And then extroverts with flight, it's big, it's flashy, you're going to be seen, you're drawing attention to yourself. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Which is also why I would be a huge fan of having the power of flight. Yeah, I mean, flying would be cool too. Yeah, I don't know. I just, honestly, the main reason I would want to become invisible is just to mess with people. (laughs) See, but I think that makes you a super villain, not a superhero. True, true. I'm I'm kind of a prankster. All right, I appreciate that. Can, do you have <laughs> Do you have any pranks that you can share with us, just off the top of your head, or no? Yeah. Um. So I actually got uh, suspended at my uh, during high school for taking a uh, some bags of chips and opening them from the bottom, eating the chips, uh, and then filling it back up with paper that was like the exact same. Um, <laughs> weight as the chips and then uh, taping it from the inside and going back in the line and putting uh, the bag of chips back in there. And then me and my friends would wait around and see uh, who buys it. And then we would just like watch them open it and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is actually super creative and really well done. Um, I applaud you on that one, sir. I applaud you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was it was bad though. Like they installed security cameras <laughs> in the cafeteria because it became like such a big thing. They were like, they just they didn't know because like a few people had come up and told them, you know, uh, hey, my chips are like not there, and they were like, what the hell? And then they <laughs> installed the cameras to try to find who was doing it. It seems like a giant waste of money for a school. Just refund the person their dollar for their chips. I know. <laughs> But maybe they wanted to do it. I mean, maybe it was just a coincidence. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure they did it because, I mean, it happened at that exact time. For sure. Okay. It could have been for other reasons. But um, just remind me to stay away from Denver around April 1st with you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So what else is going on with um, DNO? We've got turnaround. When do you think it's going to be finished? Um. I want to say it's going to be done in like two weeks, probably. Okay. So end of October. Yeah. I I don't think this is going to go up before then, but also since you're submitting to film festivals, it's not like I can direct people to go see it anyway. Um, Have you explored, how do you get your funding? Um, So for, for that, um, our CEO essentially um, worked kind of like as an angel investor Okay. Uh, in the project. Uh, and he, so he kind of puts money into the projects that we do um, and takes more of like an executive producer role. So we kind of just uh, handle all of the day to day stuff and he just sort of oversees it a little bit, you know, and okay. uh, funds it, which okay. is really, uh, I mean, a great resource to have, definitely. Absolutely. And do you have any plans for a feature anytime? Yeah, um, we would really like to do a feature. Uh, It's probably going to take us a little while before we can uh, because we want to do it right and have a full budget. 
Um, but I'd like to do one maybe within two years. Okay. Dude, you got you to gotta keep me uh, updated on that. I'll be more than happy if you guys try to do a, a Kickstarter and Indiegogo, or if you're just looking for, you know, support in other ways, I'll be more than happy to help you guys out any way I can. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Well, I'll definitely uh, keep you in the loop on that if we end up getting to that point. Yeah, absolutely. If there's one thing I like doing, I like uh, helping awesome people do awesome things. So... Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. For sure. And what do you do when you're not making movies? What do you, What is your free time like? What are your hobbies like? Pretty much uh, either watching movies or just hanging out with my friends. I, I'm trying to put my, my brain back when, what was I doing when I was 21? And the answer is nothing productive. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think I was winding down college and hanging out with friends and drinking quite a bit. Oh, yeah. So, and what, okay, you said you just turned 21. When was your birthday? September 1st. September 1st, okay. So it's been a month and a half. By the time this airs, you'll have gotten used to it. So anyways, happy belated birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Did you do anything fun? Um, yeah, I actually, um, I came to realize that like, uh, you know, after like two weeks after my birthday, I was like, I've been drinking every single night for the past two weeks. <laughs> I should probably stop. And, uh, so, I mean, I've just been doing a ton of partying and then now I've finally started to slow down a little bit. Well, that's good. That's good. Take it easy. Take everything in stride, my friend. Although... I do have to say that the craft beer scene in in Colorado is pretty off the chain, so I'm pretty sure I'd be doing the same thing as you. Yeah. Now, there's a there's great beer here, for sure. Who inspired you to get into filmmaking? I just totally took that from, like, nice, fun drinking questions to, bam, who is your filmmaker inspiration? Hmm. Um, I'd say probably Christopher Nolan. Okay, Anna Nolan. Uh, why? Any particular reason? I'm just, I'm such a huge fan of, like, his, I don't know, he just has this really unique style that um, I'm just super into. Like, uh, the way that he is able to, well, and first of all, like, I mean, Memento and, you know, The Prestige, like, those are such unique movies um, in themselves, like the original movies. But then I like how he can also adapt um you know, Batman, a superhero movie into something that is like totally different that we've never seen before. Uh, I just think he has a really original vision for his movies. Okay. I can see that. And his movies have by far probably been the most consistently entertaining for me of any filmmaker. Yeah. He's never done a bad movie. And I also like how he uses a lot of the same actors and kind of puts them in new roles. Uh, so that kind of just really shows his like uh, diversity, you know, as a director, like he can kind of use the same people and make something totally different. His ability to get actors to reach a new height. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, other than him, I'm also a huge uh, Quentin Tarantino fan. Oh God. I love Tarantino. Um, yeah. When, when Forrest Gump beat out, Pulp Fiction for the Oscar for Best Picture. Um, I was like, 
10 or 11 years old at the time. And it just later in life, after I watched Pulp Fiction, because I didn't watch it when I was 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's about. A- <laughs> <laughs> it's, I would have to have a serious talk with my parents about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but later in life, in like college, when I realized that Forrest Gump beat Pulp Fiction for best picture, I was like, that's ridiculous. And that's what sparked my being utterly jaded with the, with the Academy. Yeah. No, it's, it's weird. Some of the, some of the choices they make for sure. I agree. Pulp Fiction is groundbreaking on every level. Um, so how do you approach filmmaking? Like right now you're doing post-production on turnaround. Are you working on other films while this one's in post or are you just kind of fully devoted to getting it edited? Um, well, right now we were doing, we got signed to do these, um, music videos for a local, uh, rap group called the three O and yeah. And so we're doing one of those every two weeks. Um, and so that's the only other thing we're working on right now. Well, and actually we also have this, uh, project we're doing called the F effect, which is, uh, these two women who are really, really passionate about football. And every week we go over and we shoot their, uh, their episode where they go over the, you know, the games that happen and give their insight, um, you know, for that week. And it's like a weekly show that goes up every week. There's one week that they didn't do it, but, uh. It's like an every week thing for the most part. Yeah, no, I remember watching one of the episodes before I reached out and contacted you guys, uh, and I thought just their take was awesome. And I love, I love hearing women talk about football because they bring insights that I never would have thought of. That's that. Yeah, honestly. I would like to listen to those two doing the F effect more than I would like to listen to Chris Collinsworth. Like their take on shit is so much better than the bullshit on like Sunday night football, the Sunday night football crew, Chris Collinsworth. I'm not a fan of you. No, yeah, they're definitely, they're really, they're real. And they, um, they're, they're super entertaining also. Like they're really. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to include a link to them as well. F effect. Um, so what else have you and DNO uh, studios been involved in? Uh, so another thing that we did recently was uh, co-produce a short film called heat. Uh, and that's actually a project of another local director, uh, L Merrick. And she wrote and directed it and, uh, was the, her company, Mithrium, was the, the main production company, but we were the co-producers on that. Awesome. And I was, I was the editor. Uh, and then our, uh, one of our other people here, Tom Alry, was the assistant director on that. Very cool. I'm definitely going to have to check that out as well. And we will include links to, to all that good stuff. I've taken up about an hour of your time just in the interest of wrapping up. What uh, resource or app or something do you use that really helps you either make films or, you know, stay connected, stay up to date on whatever Batman's doing or whatever nerd thing you're into? Um, I am a huge, huge advocate for using the Adobe Creative Suite. 
Okay. That's like my number one tool. I use it probably like every day. Um, it's just so, it's so perfect how all the apps link together. Uh, so, it, and it saves so much time because instead of, you know, having to go to one thing and, you know, export and then go to another thing and then render that out, uh, say if you're wanting to do an effect and then drag that into another software with Adobe, you can just do it straight from one app and it'll just open the other app and you can edit in that and it'll update automatically. That works really you know, Photoshop assets in After Effects will, and then we'll update in Premiere all just so seamlessly. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to create a resource link to that so everyone can go use that as well. And where can people connect with you uh, and DNO Studios and see what you've all got going on? Uh, so we have our DNO Studios website is d-a-n-d-o-s-t-u-d-i-o-s dot com. Uh, and then lostfilms.com. That's lost films with an L-O, uh, with an E. So it's L-O-S-T-E films. Uh, and then I'm also on Facebook, uh, Luke Ostermiller, Twitter, Luke Ostermiller, Instagram, Luke Ostermiller. Awesome. I'm yeah. going to include links to um, your social medias, DNO's social medias, um, and any other social medias. Uh, I might ask, also ask you to shoot me an email just with some of those links, just so I don't have to go searching for them. And just in case I, I don't want to link to the wrong one. So, yeah, sure. Awesome. And what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening? I guess I would say, um, you know, just I would reiterate what I said earlier about just keep making stuff, uh, even if it's not, you know, I you don't have your ideal gear, you don't have your ideal budget, uh, you know, for any reason. Uh, just go out and make something, no matter what it is, and just keep keep on making more things after that. Make a film, you know, make another film, uh, and just try to improve each time, and slowly you'll get there. That's awesome, and I hope everyone takes that to heart. Luke, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you giving me some of your Saturday night. It means a whole lot, especially um, when somebody at your age who's fairly young, 21 years old, and already kind of achieving uh, his dream, making films. I just think that's awesome, and I think a lot of people can learn from that type of go-getter attitude. I'm really excited to see where you go in the next 5, 10, 15 years, man. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a blast being on the show and I was, uh, you know, great time here talking to you. Awesome. Uh, come back anytime whenever you've got new stuff coming out and to everyone out there listening, thanks for being a part of this one as usual. We love you and, uh, work out nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.